Welcome to Elite Team Athletics Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Cognitor, and we have the pleasure of having professional basketball player Ray Cowles with us today. How's it going, Ray? Oh, good. We back. We back. We back. Part two. Part two. We're digging deeper. Yeah, yeah. We got to get into it. Man, I got, I got, I got about four things that I outlined that I want to know about. You know, okay. the Drew League stories. Right. You know what I mean? We, we want to go deeper into everything like that. Everything mm-hmm. out of college. But then also, the, there's two other ones from, from some personal friends of ours that are here in Minnesota. Um, I heard you got a scar from a from a game at Hopkins from a Mr. Mike Floyd. Oh yeah, yeah, man, yeah, I got that. Um, it was a game. It was at Hopkins too. It was at Hopkins. So like, I remember we were. I think we were. I don't remember remember the score. I know we were beating them because we was beating everybody. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> But yeah, it was about it was going into the buzzer halftime, and I had shot like a half court shot, and for some reason he thought he wanted to contest it, and he contested it, and he scratched me, and I got a scar, looked like an exclamation point for life right here, and he 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 doesn't remember, he probably won't remember, but it was for sure him, and he for sure jumped out at it, and I was like, come on man, it's a half court shot, what you doing, like, and he he was just scrapping, clawing, trying to get a win, I'm not mad at him, but. He stuck with me for life right now. I don't know if he's gonna remember that. <laughs> and you two both are just giant ass human beings. Like, oh yeah, yeah. He he was a monster too. Even back then, he had all the bounce. Oh my gosh, I remember. I was like, dude, like, what are you, what are you taking? Like, what's going on? <laughs> you had all the bounce. You know, Drew Johnson was just telling me he saw you dunk. Was it like fifth, sixth grade? Yes, sixth grade was my first dunk ever, and I think it was with the left hand. We were in. And uh, was it was it Falwell? It might have been Falwell, uh, Falwell Park at the gym in there, or maybe it was, or maybe it was North Commons. It was in North Commons Community Center. That's where it was. <laughs> and Coach was like, I think I don't know if he said something. In my mind, he said something like, "Yo, if Ray dunks, practice is over," something like that. But we got in the layup lines, and it, he switched it to the left hand, and I just remember going up, boom, dunking. Sixth grade, left hand, clean dunk in North Commons. And I don't know if practice, I think we continued practice, but, you know, it sounds better if he if he said the practice is going to be over. But uh, that was <laughs> that was my first dunk ever. I was low-key surprised because I've been trying to dunk for the longest, you know, like long, long time. Long, bro, most people don't dunk to like eighth, ninth grade. You're dunking at six. Hey, listen, the longest? Was, you're what, 12? Yeah, I was, yeah, 12. They, but. Everybody liked to say I was like six one. I was only five eleven, and I was lanky. I was like a mini Kevin Garnett. You know, Drew is actually gassing that up. He said you've been six six in sixth grade. Man, <laughs> hey, I will say though, I hit that growth spurt. I did not grow that much. I grew maybe like a half an inch each year. By ninth grade, I think I was six one, six two, and then I creeped up to six four. Now somehow I'm six three. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we still keep it six four. Was Drew taller than you back then? Because Drew was really big time back then. Drew, Drew was like tall. that deal. Yeah, Drew was tall. Drew was a shooter. Drew was pure shooter. We would just let him tee up, knock that thing down every time. And, uh, yeah, he was pretty tall. But he, not like me, though. But he was up <laughs> 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 All right. Well, the, the other one, too, is uh, when Trevor and Bakway dunked on you in the eighth grade. Oh, that's the man. other one. 
Yeah, uh, Trevor, man. And he probably don't even remember because he didn't dunk on so many people. <laughs> but we were having those classic open runs at Hopkins. That was the, the the holy grail for the open run back in the day. And it's my first time coming. You know, I it's like, you know, I haven't been around. Novak was like, hey, we got pickups over here. So I was like, all right, bet, cool, I'm in there. And I'm thinking, like, I'm the man. I'm like, well, Hopkins, like, you know, coach about to put me on. I should be playing JV, varsity, eighth grade. So we're coming out. We're hoping Trevor's out there. I mean, everybody's out there. A bunch of guys out there. I can't even remember who all was out there. But um, I just remember, like, all right, Ben, I'm in here with the big dogs. Like, I'm and I'm a postman. I'm not. I'm not. I don't know how to shoot yet. I don't know how. I barely know how to dribble. Like, all I know is the post. My little watching Kevin Garnett. And Trevor comes down and he like backs me down one big hard boom with the shoulder. And this dude just monkey gorilla dunked on me. <laughs> I'm in eighth grade. I'm like, bro, like, I'm in eighth grade in my head. I'm like, oh, like, what's going on? And he legs up everything and just looked at me. And I was like, shit, I guess, I guess that's what it's like now. <laughs> I got a lot of work to do. Because, oh, man, that, that one, you never forget something like that. Never forget it. He didn't, I don't know if he knows. It'd be funny to ask him about it. He's but, the nicest dude ever, too, off the court. Off the oh, court, yeah, off the court. Off the court, he's a he's an animal. Yeah, yeah, he, he, man, gorilla, <laughs> straight gorilla. So that that welcomed you to varsity basketball real quick. Oh yeah, yeah, and that's why I was like, all right. Then coach was like, all right, where are you gonna play sophomore in eighth grade? I was like, that's cool, I can do that. <laughs> that's cool. Well, then let's let's get into the Drew League stories. Or actually, do you want to do you want to tell me kind of about college right when it ended first, and then get to Drew League, or how do you want to do it? Um, sure, it's up to you, man. Uh, I mean, when it ended, so when I when I my first year out, yeah, like how I was going. Okay, so um, I know you said it, it was it was tough. You said it. Yeah. So my first year out was cool. Like my first year, like I didn't know anybody. Like I had been trying to ask people for help and trying to do that and then um my teammate actually at the end of the day all said and done i've been going through all the resources the coaches everything trying to find an agent and i was like i don't know how i'm gonna do this but i gotta play professional like i don't know how but i'm gonna have it. so um basically my teammate was dutch and his agent was dutch uh we're one of the biggest bigger agency courtside agency at the time um and so they were like hey we got this team and then Helder Kings in, in, in Holland, about an hour away from Amsterdam. He was like, you can go play. Um, we got a job for you. Making like, I can't, I think I made like less than, less than 2000 for sure a month. And then I was sharing a room with, with uh, Phil, Phil Abak, my, my college teammate. And uh, we were just out there. We shared a car, everything. And I was like, oh man, this is, I mean, this is great. I'm happy I'm doing what I love, but it's not a, it's not enough money. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, I was so stupid. <laughs> I mean, the a my agent wasn't talking to me. He couldn't. He didn't. You know, he didn't really care about me. It seemed like um, I couldn't get him on the phone. And then, you know, that was around like the when all the stuff was going on in the Ukraine. So when that happened, he was like, "Yo, you can go to the Ukraine for like just a little bit more than you just made." I, I must have looked at him through the phone and was like, yo, what the, <laughs> you know how you look at somebody through the phone when they say something wild? Like, you look at the phone, like, you looking at them. <laughs> and that's how I look. I said, oh, yeah, I'm firing you. Like, but I was so young and dumb that I fired him, and I didn't have anything else lined up. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, 
And uh, from there, like I told you before, I was emailing, you know, I was sending out emails every day, all the time. Um, but the toughest part is, and, and nobody knows this, uh, only a few people know this, um, I was sleeping in my car. Like I had a car and I was, I was, I was sleeping in it. And uh, I was leaning a lot on my, my girlfriend at the time and um, just a lot of the people that I know. And like, it's, it got to be tough. It got to be really tough to where I didn't know if I was going to make it. And I was just getting by training kids. Um, even my mom barely knows this story. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, but I, that's why I was like, I'm going to put all my eggs in one basket. And then uh, I had got the call um, to go do a G League workout. And then it kind of started to like pick up a little bit, but those times were like, those times were some dark times. And, you know, you, I had a Santa Clara degree. I can go work at nine to five and make, you know, $40,000, $50,000 and, you know, save whatever. But in my mind, I was like, I want to hoop. I'm going to regret it if I don't try. And if I can, you know, land a, land a gig where I'm making, you know, $40,000, you know, then I don't have to pay for nothing. Like, okay, I can save, you know, 35 and have that in a bank account. That's more than most people can save in a year. So that's, that was kind of my thinking behind that. And um, so, yeah, it was, it was it was wild, man. It was wild. So were you back in the States then when you were doing that? Yeah, when I'm doing this, I was in, I was in California. Okay. Well, man, bro, if you're going to be sleeping in your car anywhere, that's the place to be, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I, I did that, and, uh, and I was just, you know, just through contacts, got some, got some people that I knew at the gyms and, and gyms and gym time. And luckily, my, my, one of my mentors out there, he, he had a gym. He had an organization, AAU program, so I would be up at 5 in the morning working out with him. I, and I'm working out, like, no contact with no agents, no contact with anybody who can even try to get me anywhere type of basketball playing gig. And I'm waking up at, you know, 4.30 in the morning going to work out for something. Like, I just had a chip. Like, for some reason, I knew it was going to happen. I knew something was going to pop. and I was going to be ready for, you know, whatever came my way. And, um, yeah, so it was just it was, it was just trying to find gym time, trying to find money to just have a, a decent meal. Like, you know, luckily I had my, my girlfriend and her parents and, they let me use a car here and there, and like I'm like, okay, this is sleeping here, sleeping there. Like it was, it was wild. Then me and my girlfriend broke up, and that was like, Jeez. I would, that was like, oh, now what I'm gonna do, you know? And so yeah. luckily I had some good people out there, and that at that time that was, I was more in my pride, you know, because I didn't want to come back, I didn't want to go home. Like I knew I could make it, you know, like, but mm. I didn't want to do nothing like. Nobody knew. That's when I dropped off the face of the earth. Everybody was like, damn, Ray, what happened? Where you at? Like, what's going on? They just knew what I was posting, what I was, you know, up to. Like, oh, I had tryout over here. Oh, I went to Canada over here. Oh, I went to New Zealand. Like, that's what they saw. They didn't see me getting up at 5 in the morning, not knowing what's going to happen, not knowing if I should take a job or not. Like, I started doing a, a MLM, like a multi-level marketing uh, yeah. thing. And I was in meetings. And I'm, I got a suit and I got a suit in the back of this red pickup. Like, and so I would go from working out in the morning and get in a suit and go sit in Starbucks and try to get people to meet so people can start to get into this. So I could try to make money this way. And then like, then I would take the suit off and then I would go train some kids and then I would go try to find a pickup and then I would go try to figure out what I'm gonna eat again. And then it shit was, it was a grind and a half times 10. Like, 
This sound like uh, Pursuit of Happiness, the basketball version, bro. <laughs> Man, I tell you what, like, it's it's crazy. Like, I get emotional thinking about it, and I'm just blessed to be able to be here in Dallas and working out and, you know, have great facilities to work out, great coaches, um, you know, great guys to compete against. Uh, so it's like, you know, man. For all, the, for, all, for all the kids listening, though, the one thing that I want to ask you, because I, I feel like I know the answer. Okay. Did you do it all over again? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you guys. The juice was worth the squeeze. Yeah, for sure. For sure, 100%. 100%. Um, to be at the level I'm at right now, to be in the, the space I'm at in my life right now, to be happy even though I'm not where I want to be. Uh, but just to know that, like, all that work that I put in before for my dream, you know, that I made it come true. Whether I'm successful or not at it, I'm still trying to see. We'll see. But, um, like, knowing that I put that forward. I, I knew in my head that if I didn't go for what I really wanted, I would regret it for the rest of my life. I and believe so that too. Yeah, that's when I was like, all right, I have to at least try. And then afterwards, I got, you know, some stuff to fall back on. That's why my education was so important. I think if I hadn't went to school or had dropped out or if I had went to like a junior college or just a school for basketball, things might have been a lot different because I wouldn't have been like, I, I wouldn't have felt so confident like, oh, I have this degree in my back pocket. I have this connection. I have this network in my back pocket. I can go use that. Because I had that, it gave me a little bit more strength to go really pursue my dreams and pursue my goals. So for the kids, like having a little bit, I mean, we can talk about the school system another day, but having a little bit of, uh, you know, education and, and having a network, um, it means a lot. And it's going to give you that confidence to, to go out in the world and do what you need to do. You know, the, the crazy thing too is you think about, like, do you think there was anything that really prevented you from getting to that next level do you feel like people from the school you're at like or, or do you feel like you really just didn't know or you didn't know how to ask people do you feel like there was a humble problem like you were too scared to ask some people that you know could help you can you tell me some of that stuff um yeah so for me it was uh it was a pride issue um you know like all my guys like trent royce marcus um even terrell you know, those guys play football, but, in, you know, Jordan and, and, and watching every Blake, watching everybody be successful and watching everybody, you know, do what they're doing. I'm on the West Coast. I'm removed from everything. I'm not really talking to anybody. So I'm just seeing. So I don't know everybody's story either. But just watching the success and knowing that you can be at that level, but you're not, or because you made a misstep or because you something happened, um, you know, it's hard to then reach out to those people. And it was hard to then reach out to your old high school coach and say, hey, coach, like, you got something for me? Can you help me? Like, it's hard because, you know, you were you you come, and that's where it kind of gets messed up in high school is, you know, they t tell these kids that they're all world, and you got coaches banging on your door, coaches calling you left and right, telling you the greatest, putting your face shop and your picture on the LeBron James uh, front cover album, like, doing everything, telling you to your man, giving you all the gear and offering you this. And at the end of the day, it's like you forget what reality is. You forget you lose your sense of presence. You lose your sense of, you know, uh, you know what the real world is like and, and how to ask people and how to, you know, be humble and how to, you know, do all these things. So I kind of fell into that. Um, and then I just – I was lucky enough to, to ask the people I had around me, but I should have went back to my network um, back home and – I mean, like I said, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't change anything. But I would say, like, lean on the people that, that you know, that 
that helps help water you help you grow you know mm-hmm. especially when you're a seed like if you're a seed and, and everybody's put pouring in pouring in you know i got people that were pouring a lot and um i could have reached out back to them but you know and then i didn't want to because you know they had already poured so much i didn't know how much how much more they wanted to pour you know mm-hmm. so that was that too um so it gets difficult it gets to be a pride thing and it gets to be a, you know, try to, I want to make it, you know, I'll pull myself up by my bootstraps like they talk about in history books. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of what I was dealing with. Do you feel like the pride thing is still something that affects you today? Or do you feel like you can, you can ask people now? Like you feel like it, you understand. I, I firmly believe people are out here to help people. Like that's the point of life. Like you're supposed to help people, period. And, and not to say that you shouldn't want things individually either. That's not what I'm saying. But I feel like, People are supposed to be here to help other people have easier lives, be nice to people and things like that. You know what I mean? I agree. So do you feel like you you can actually, you feel comfortable now to the point where you can be reaching out to people? Yeah, now for sure. I feel comfortable. I can reach out to, you know, I can reach out and ask for agent help. I can reach out and ask for, you know, if I wanted to start something, you know, I can reach out and ask everybody that I know Um, without a, without a, um, you know, a doubt or a shot on my pride or anything like that. Because also with time, like you start to grow as a man, you know, I've been mm-hmm. a lot of places, you know, I've been a lot of, done a lot of things. And so now I know who I am, mm-hmm. let's say. And so when you know who you are and what you, what you want in life and what you become and, and a lot of it's from the hard work that I put in to become, to get where I'm at. So it's like, nobody can take that away from me. And so no matter if I go ask you, you can say, I'm stupid. You can say, I need to quit. You can say, I need to stop. You can say, I need to, you know, go work at this company. Like, and at the end of the day, I'm going to know what's best for me. Like, yes, I'll, t- I'll listen to your opinion and take your advice. Um, but I'm still going to do what's best for me. Cause I'm, you know, I'm solid in that right now. You know, that that's actually huge too, right there. You, you saying being able to take people's advice, listening to people. Um, a lot of people don't care what other people's advice is. They can't even hear it. You know what I'm saying? Not that not that you're saying you're going to take it, but they won't even hear it. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And, yeah. and it's tough. It's sad because, and that, like you said, there's a lot of people that want to help. Mm-hmm. And so when, they, when, they, when their help falls on deaf ears, now the people that want to help don't want to help so much anymore because it's just, getting, it's just rolling off of people's back in ear, one, out, one ear out the other. Mm-hmm. So now it's like a double-edged sword with that, and uh, it kind of gets tougher and tougher as, as time goes on. Yeah, for sure. You know, the the other thing, too, like the beauty in the struggle, that's something else I believe in, too. Like uh, it's not the des- or the, the end destination. It, it's everything along the way. If you love that, then life will be easy and you'll always be happy. That That's how I've kind of looked at things. I've, I've always realized when I finally accomplished something, right. I was kind of like, damn, this isn't how I thought it was going to be. Right, but the right. whole way to it, I was like really, really loving it. And not that I didn't love the end either. It's just like just it didn't change the way I thought it was going to change. Nothing pop or nothing changed inside my head. Like I thought, Oh, after this, everything's going to be different. Right. It's like, Oh, it's still the same, but I I did that. I just accomplished that. With J Cole, beauty in the struggle. Love you. That's my song right there. Oh man. That's my God. Yeah. That's, that's the modern day Pac right there. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. sure. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but then the other one too, like, Dude, you listen to him. He'll get you right every time, actually. Oh, every- yeah, yeah. He's going to make you He's gonna make you think. He's going to make you, you know, feel feel gratitude. He's going to make you feel, you know, everything. And like you said, feel. It, it. You can't just listen to him and not feel something. Oh, yeah. 
If you don't feel something when you listen to him, something's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not doing his job. He, he needs to stop. Well, then, should we should we transition to the Drew League stories? Oh, yeah, we can transition. We can tra- I, got a, I got a couple. I got a couple. I, I want to hear them. Lay them on us. Uh, so, my introduction to the Drew League. So, it was through a friend, one of my friends that I was playing basketball with, Alex Okafor, great guy. My buddies to this day, we we talk. We just got off the phone the other day talking about stocks and, and real real world stuff. Um, he was down in LA. I was up in San Jose. It was about a six hour drive, and he comes back and he was like, "Yo, Ray, I got this plug for the Drew League." He doesn't know you, but he knows me, and he says I'm good. And I told him I got my guy. Um, he said you could be good too. He just wants to see you. He just wants to see. And I'm like, "Shit, all right, fuck it. Like I want to play in the Drew. Like let's go. Like we drove six hours." We pull up to the arena. Uh, Coach Wally is his name. And this dude is the OG of the OG. Like, he is, I don't know what he is. I don't know what he's claiming down there. I don't know what, say, he's repping. But he come out, he got the gold chain. He got a couple grill. He got a couple teeth that's that's shining. He got the earrings. He got the big uh, wallet. He got all the gear, shoes, dressed up. And then he pulled out a big billfold with, with plenty of money out of his pocket. And gave gave my boy some gas money for driving. And I was like, who is this guy? Like, he was like, oh, yeah, this the coach. This Coach Wally. Coach Wally was dapped up my boy Alex. Oh, Al, good to see you, big fella. Yeah, I can't wait to see what you do. And he looked at me. He said, this your boy? He was like, yeah. He was like, look me up and down. Like, you know, you want to fight somebody, look you up and down. <laughs> he was like, I don't think you can play, young fella. So you look a little scared to me. I don't know if you got it. I don't think you can play. We're going to see today. I said, dang, all right, no hi, no what's up, no, hey, how you doing? I'm going like nothing. Didn't know nothing. And that's all he said to me. And he was like, you coming off the bench after we got into the locker room and warmed up. We warmed, and we played. I came off the bench, and then I, I almost beat the record for, for threes that game. I think I had nine or eight, and the record was like 11 or something like that. And so he – and then afterwards he goes – you all right with me. You can come play with me anytime. Like, you know, <laughs> real quick. He's like, you can come play with me anytime. Come on. But just the fact that he know the way he stepped up to me and the way he was like, I don't know if you could play just straight off the bat. Don't know my name. Don't know nothing. Just looked at me. I was like, all right, well, <laughs> what'd you say to your boy right there? I said, I didn't say nothing. I just took it all in. <laughs> I took it all in. Cause I'm like, yo, I'm in Compton. I don't know what's going on. It's my first time in L.A. I didn't know what 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 the deal was. He was talking mad stuff, and my boy was like, just hoop, right? Just do what you got to do. And so I was just locked in. I, from then on, I was locked in. That's probably why I made eight, three, nine threes. I think it was nine. Um, and that was it. <laughs> that was it. And, that was, and, and this dude, man, <laughs> he's a coach like – and there's a lot of coaches in the Drew. And, you know, the Drew is you go get a bucket, and then their, their motto is no excuse, just produce. So, you know, you got coaches that they like to draw some stuff up. You got teams that practice. This team, we didn't practice. This coach, we didn't draw nothing up. This coach was like, hey, you better not be out at the club on Friday. We got a game at 1030 in the morning on Saturday. Come in. Hey, you ain't, you ain't shit. You ain't. Listen, you miss a layup in the warm-ups. Hey, you're going to have to come on the bench today. Like, and then every time, stop. Oh, this is his favorite line to everybody ever. I don't care if you Chris Paul. Stop dribbling. You dribble too much. Just stop dribbling. 
so what you want me to shoot from half court, coach? Like, man. Uh, but it, it was funny, though. He was, it was a good time. It was always fun playing with him. And, and he's cool. Like, I could always hit him up and, and I could go play. Is that who you play with the whole time you're in it? Yeah, and he actually coaches James Harden's team. Um, oh, shit. So he coaches two. He's got the younger guys. So he was like, you're going to play with the younger guys. And he's got James' team. And he always tell me, oh, I'm going to put you on James' team. I'm going to put you on James' team. I was like, well, we'll see. <laughs> and because uh, yeah, you got James, you got Montrez Harrell, you got uh, yeah, who else? Uh, P.J. Tucker is out there. And they, they're going that. They're going crazy in the drill. Would you really um, even have fun playing on James' team? No, I don't want to play on James' team. I'm sorry. Yeah, bro. You never like touch the ball. <laughs> just play defense the whole time and be the yeah, most boring open gym yeah. of all time. And, and Montrez gonna get all the rebounds, so you, you can cut that out too. Yeah, like I, I literally think I, I was actually having this argument with Tuck. He loves Harden, and I, I think he, I, I, I think he's very good, but I think he's very boring to watch. Really? And yes. I to me, it's just like, dude, you go to the line so much. I don't, I don't want to watch it. It slows the game down so much. Like it's not interesting to me. And then he was sitting there trying to argue that Giannis is worse. And, I mean, I don't love watching either one of them, really. I like watching, like, a Russell Westbrook way more than any of them, to be honest. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. I, I, I agree with Tuck, though. I agree with Tuck. I'm watching Harden all day because I'm watching – because you got to think, me and Tuck is the score. Yep. Tuck's trying to get to the bucket. He's trying to get as many buckets as he can. So, if you're going to foul him 50 times, he's going to take all them 50 fouls. Yep. You know? And so, me too. I'm like, oh, yeah, let me watch and see how he's breaking these dudes down. And it's like, oh, you're going to go for that again. He set you up the same way, step you back the same way, and nobody can do nothing. So, like, you got as beauty in that. Like, you know what I mean? We travels, though. I mean, Curry can't get that same call. Curry tried, too. He did. Let's step back. Yeah, but see, it's the thing. Like, that's a, he does it so much that it's impossible. What you, the league's going to call it every time? I would. Change his game. Let him take himself. He takes himself out the game. He cha- <laughs> you can't change the rules. Oh, no. Everybody want to see him with the ball. Yeah, I Nobody guess. Nobody want to see P.J. Tucker up there dancing with that thing. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, P.J., but man. <laughs> so what, what else you got for me in the Drew League? Oh, okay. Another story. This was just this was just pure. This was pure funny. This was just being in L.A., being in Compton, and everybody know the rules. So we, we're playing the games team. We're playing Birdie's Revenge, and they got Frank Nitty, the game. Uh, they got a couple other big guys, a couple other big names. And so we're playing them, and um, we're actually beating them at halftime, come out, and I think we win that game. I'm pretty sure we win that game. The game was hot. He was cussing everybody out. They actually – he didn't ask me. His boy was like, yo – if you, I got his number on my phone. He was like, "Yo, you want to come run with us over here at, at the uh, at the games house? We got the, all the young high school hoopers. We got everybody." And I was like, "Okay, yeah, bet." I took his number. I said, "Yeah, I'll, I'll send you a message." I didn't want no parts of games house. <laughs> I didn't want to go over there because I go over there. I got his enemies and he whatever he got going on in Compton. Like I don't want. Is no it that serious out there? For I, I mean. I think I, that's just the way I think. I think it would have been safe for me to go. I think nothing yeah. would have happened. But by association and just how I think and where I'm from, like, I don't want those problems. Like, I, yeah. I'm sure game cool. He's cool as shit. Like, you know, he knocked down a three. He'll talk shit and everything. I don't want those problems. So I, I could have went. I still got the number. I could probably text him. I don't know if they'll remember. But, like, it, that was – so I got invited to the game. But after, in the locker room, I remember we everybody showering and getting ready and, and, and leaving. 
And Game had left already. He had already got his stuff, and he was gone. But there was this red Louis bag, all red, blood out Louis bag. <laughs> and it was just sitting in the shower. And it you for know. sure has some money in it because you could see the green out of there. And it has something else <laughs> in it. But everybody in that place knew that that was Game's bag. So it was like a crime to even look at that thing. Like, you watch people walk by the shower like, oh, man, Game left his bag full of money over there. Shit, like, what we do? <laughs> like, you we think just, just let, let it sit money? there. And I'm pretty sure I didn't touch it. Nobody touched it. Nobody even showered on that side of the, uh, the thing no more. And it was like, yo, that's his bag. Don't nobody touch it. He going to come back and get it. Like, just let it be. If it gets wet, it gets wet. But <laughs> we good. <laughs> man, that'd be crazy. Oh yeah, it was wild to see that. It was wild to see that. But he's just a dude. He's just a normal dude. He likes to hoop. He likes to compete. He loves basketball. You know, he he he's got some young guys on his team. Uh, he's big too, isn't he? Is he pretty oh, yeah, tall? He, he's, big. he's like he's like he's like six five, solid six five. Yeah. He can shoot. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So he, he actually can hoop. Driving the paint, kick it out to him. He knocked down shots. Yeah. I wonder why he's never in the celebrity uh, basketball all star game deal. I don't know. I They're don't scared know. of him, huh? <laughs> huh? They must be scared of him. Maybe, maybe I don't know. You invite him, you probably gotta de-invite some other people, dude. So he, so how many teams? Can you just start your own team in the Drew League then? No, I don't think so. I think you gotta know the commissioner. I think you gotta, you gotta be somebody. You can't just start your own team. Like you gotta have, gotta have some clout in the Drew in, in LA. And they only have a certain amount of teams. Like they have two two sides and I'm not exactly sure how many teams but there's a good amount like it's a good amount at least at least 24 30 30 teams something like that wow that's insane man yeah yeah it's good how many games they play week uh usually it's one game but sometimes you'll play two on the weekend and it's only on the weekends Friday night Saturday night some Sunday Sunday during the day uh sometimes you play Sunday Saturday at 10 and then you come back play Sunday at you know four so it was it was good it was good competition though. it was always fun you know you you play against superstars you see DeRozan in there Trey Young you know Harden everybody everybody been there and Kobe DeRozan is dirty that's that and that's his neck of the woods too yeah yeah oh yeah DeRozan ain't that he's the man over there you can't you can't touch him with a ten foot pole did I mean when those guys are playing how deep are they running you know, like they got to be having their crew out they probably got bodyguards everything like that. But you'd be surprised it's not. You can really get you. They're easily accessible. I mean, yes, they got their guys with them, but you can say what's up. They'll take pictures. They sign autographs. Like it's close because it's in the it's in a high school. It's in King Drew High School, and so and Royce can tell you Royce was there. I played Royce one year, and I didn't know he was gonna be down there. He just showed up. <laughs> I was like, oh shit, all right, because he played he played on uh, games. He played on Brady Rivers with Frank Nitty. No kidding. And, um, yeah, so he just showed up. And I was like, all right, but it's really like just right there close everybody on top of everybody so yeah they got their own guys but like you can go shake his hand like you can go shake everybody's hand you can say what's up you know it's right there it's close that's dope is is that the only like musician that plays in it is he the only one good enough to play um that i seen that i seen yeah that's nuts that's nuts he can actually run i i would have never get like i mean i might have thought he'd be okay but i didn't think he'd be like able to play with he runs he play defense he gets out there what what other stories you got out there? Uh, in the Drew? Uh, let me see. I mean, not too much. I mean, it that those are the those are the two big ones. Those are the two real big ones that that really just that's I'm never gonna ever forget it. 
How long? How many years did you do to Drew? Are you still doing uh, it? Shit, if they oh if they run it oh running back and if I ended up going down there, um, I'll play. But um, I did it for three years. That's crazy, dude. Three years down there. So That's just, legendary. Everybody goes through there. I mean, Lamelo Ball was just through there. Was that yeah, like he was over there? I remember watching him. That's when I found out, like, okay, this guy can play. Like, really? you know, that was, I think, for me, because everybody was hyping him on the internet, and I was like, all right, LaMelo, let's watch him. And he was actually tall. He was lanky. Like, he'd come down the court, and his just feel for the game. Like, yeah, he does wild and crazy shit, crazy stuff, but, like, that's just his game. That's his feel. Like, you don't do that stuff unless you feel the game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So to watch him come down, and he's making he's, – he was playing against uh, Ron Artest's team. And Ron Test was like, oh, yeah, I'm about to – and he was, like, kind of making some moves and making shit happen and throwing dimes. And I'm like, yo, you're doing the same shit that you do to, against these younger guys that you're doing against Artest. And Artest is sitting down strong as him. Like, <laughs> you know, and then they had a Ron Artest's son out there. So, uh, yeah, but he – that was when I was like, yeah, you got you got something. He got something. You think he's the number one overall pick in the upcoming draft? Yeah, I think it's just a combination of everything, you know, like how it just played out for him, all the social media hype first, and then he actually went over to Australia, and he, and he balled. He, he did his thing over there. So I think he's probably going to be number one. I think so. Man, I I think the only thing that really hurts him, because I think he's capable. I think he's a capable shooter, but he shoots reckless. Oh, yeah, he's, he's going to come down and just – he's going to pull. <laughs> yeah, even if it's like three seconds. Just, just came off with three seconds. Like, we still got a full shot clock. He don't care. Yeah, yeah, no. Nah. If he's feeling it, he's gonna shoot it. And if he gets it consistent, then he might mess around and be like Trey Young. But who knows? Like, you never know what the work, what type of work he's putting in, or what's going on, what he's not doing, what he's not doing. Um, it's gonna be interesting to see. Slim, do you think the Drew League gave you a lot of exposure for the next step in your career? Uh, not so much. It gave me a lot of credit. Like a lot of guys that hoop overseas now, um, you know, they know me. Um, They've seen me before. You know, if I see them somewhere else, they'll be like, oh, yeah, what's up? A couple of guys on IG, like, I'll, you know, be, oh, yeah, what's up? Okay. And they kind of know that I can shoot. But it, as far as, like, the grand scheme of things, it's not going to make you unless you have, you know, one of those breakout games where you play DeMar DeRozan and you score 50 on him and he scored 49 on you. Then that's when you're going to get the exposure. But other than that, it's like it's just a local thing. Like, now if I go there, like, all the coaches, they know me. A lot of the players, they know me. They're going to be like, all right, Ray, like, you can come play. Like, you can hoop, you know? And it yeah. just takes – like, so that 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 felt nice because, you know, L.A., the Drew, that's that's legendary. So, yeah, that's a different that's biggest. Of, that's a different type of exposure right there. So, it's, it's good to have that. Um, I'm glad to be able to do that. Dude, that, that's a huge notch on your belt, man, the, the Drew League. That would be – I remember Oos was telling – or Marcus Alapate was talking to me, and um, he was telling me he might have had some opportunity to do that, and I was like, that's a no-brainer. Yeah, you got to go. You got to do go. it. And I think that might have been like a year or two, so I don't I don't know what happened, why he didn't do it or anything like that. But I, I just said, dude, the Drew, that that's that's like, come on, yeah, man. Yeah. That's up here. Think, like, yeah, yeah. You got, <laughs> like, for me, like, I was up in San Jose. So when I had first got the, the deal, like I told you, we had drove six hours down to go play. Yeah. But I didn't have a place to stay in L.A., so I would drive back to San Jose every time. Holy so that's the thing. Like, I wanted to play in the Drew. This was I, I just got out of Finland, and I was still trying to, like, really, like, level up and, like, solidify myself and maybe get some social media cred or something like that to try to help me in any type of way. So if we played on Saturday morning at 10, 
I would leave Friday night at like five, drive six hours, sleep, wake up, play, drive back that same night. God. Six <laughs> hours. And I was doing this every weekend. Like maybe like my boy, he had his uh he had his um family down there and you could stay with them, but I wasn't trying to stay with them. I was trying to just get back because I had to coach kids because I still I was coming from Finland. They don't make so much money in Finland. I didn't yeah. make so much. So I was trying to come back, coach, try to, you know, scrape, get by, make sure that I was good for the next season, hopefully, try to get my workouts in. And so, yeah, that was the grind in itself. Every weekend I was driving six hours, boom, just just pushing it. <laughs> Dude, we got to get a movie about you. We got to create a biopic. <laughs> just to hoop. Oh, yeah, we did this. Like, I'll write it down. But I got it's a lot of things. And I even forget because I've been through so much. But, you better uh, start writing it all down, man. <laughs> yeah, I've been writing it all down. You need to write a book. Still going through a lot. I'm I'm here in Dallas and going through something right now because this pandemic got me stuck. I was supposed to play in the TBT. Why aren't you? I thought you were here. I was. I was in Minneapolis. Um, and then my agent is down here and he was like, yo, come down here and train. And I was like, all right, bet. I'm gonna come and train. And now I'm over here at Michael Johnson Performance and we got a good uh coach Zach. Um, and then I another coach, Aaron uh, Espinosa, he, he was with um, R.J. Hampton. And then, okay. uh, and then R.J. RJ left him for some reason. I don't know. Good coach. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's a good setup. I got all the gym time, like workouts and everything, and uh, it's just nice. But now, because of this pandemic hit, TBT called me, and they were like, oh, yeah, you're in Texas. And then I, I messed up because I put – I checked the wrong box on the, the survey that they give you every time that said I had a cough, but I didn't. I just was tired when I woke up, and they sent it early in the morning. Oh, and shoot. so then they called me and he was like, oh, yeah, well, we'll see what happens with your test. And I had already tested negative and then come back. I tested negative again. But they were like, yeah, because you say you got this symptom. And I was like, it was a mistake. Like they were like, and because you're coming from Texas, you know, we better not risk it. We don't. We're just going to mission of the TBT and my team. And I was like, yeah, if you guys think that I'm a risk, like because. Now the TBT, they're not playing games. I don't know if you saw it. Even on drive, they got they got disqualified because of one guy tested positive. The whole team is gone. No kidding. Yeah, so it was just a safety thing. But now I'm kind of like stewing over that because it's the only basketball playing player right now. And you talk about trying to get exposure and publicity. You hoop right now with that. You can, you can go ahead. 197 countries being streamed. You can go ahead and make a nice little name for yourself real quick if you do well. I wonder if you could uh, write something to, like, the commissioner and be like, yo, this was a mistake on my thing. I gladly take whatever test you need me to take. Boom, nah, boom. I think they, I think they were just like, you know what, it's too much. And it was my – I think it was his decision because it would have been a lot of money too because I would have had to have my own floor in the hotel, which is like, that's crazy. And then yeah. also the team, like, if I come out with one positive test and I had been around the team, then – you know, the whole team gets disqualified. And they're doing really well. Sideline cancer. They won. They beat uh, uh, Team Hines and just cha- and just beat Challenge ALS. So, you know, they don't want that positive test to come out and be like, uh, yeah. So it was a it was a tough blow. Man, I'm sorry. Now I was that. like, do I stay here or do I come back to Minneapolis? And I, I'm staying here for this week. And maybe we'll see what. I'm just kind of going week by week. You know, when door one door closes, another one opens, and I know things are going to keep going up, bro. And the reason why I say that is you like the grind, and people who like the grind, great things happen to them. Just oh, curious. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. I think so. I think so. Um, so that's why I'm just hanging out here. I just It just feels right to stay here, even though, you know, the pandemic, and, you know, just to make sure I get my work in, and 
I can stay locked in down here. So it's good. I'm glad. I'm glad you're safe and sound. And I really appreciate you coming back on the show, my man. Oh, and yeah. You come back in the future to keep giving us updates about your career. We appreciate you. Oh, yeah, for sure. Hopefully I get a good update uh, soon, soon. I need one of those. <laughs> <laughs> appreciate it, though. Appreciate you.